Is it a good idea to have children today, given what we know about how the world seems to work and where it seems to be going? Now, for a lot of you who are watching or listening, you already have children, so this isn't a decision that you have to make. But what about when your children are old enough to have children? Or maybe they already are. Maybe you're old enough to be a grandparent. Maybe you're already a grandparent. But you get my point. Regardless of how old you are, if you were old enough, if you're that age today, if you were that age where you could have children, do you think it would be a good idea to do that? I find this to be a fascinating question. And I've spoken with many people in real life and online to get their thoughts on this. And generally, most people have very strong opinions on this, oftentimes in one direction or the other. It's a little bit polarizing. But there are also some people who have more nuanced views and are not so dogmatic. So there's all different opinions on the spectrum with this one. And one of the reasons I find it interesting is because I've noticed there's a little bit of a disconnect between what people say they think the world is and how they think people should live in this world. So what we're going to do in this here presentation is explore this idea because you see earlier today I recorded out of my balcony a short little video asking people, is it a good idea to have children today? And it got a lot more responses than I was expecting, both on the YouTube channel and on the Conspiracy No Pole subreddit. And we also got a reply on Twitter as well. So my plan is to read through every single one of these comments. It might take me probably two hours, I'd say between 90 minutes and two hours. But the plan is to read every single comment that's been left, give my reply where necessary, maybe throw in a few different clips that I've got lined up, and let's explore this idea together. And this is what I started doing when I first got into YouTube back in 2014. Was it 2014? Yeah, 2014 was the first Joey podcast, the Australian Roundtable podcast. This is what I like to do. I like to ask people questions and get their opinions. And then where I thought it was relevant to do so, give my opinions as well. Now, my opinions on a lot of things have changed since 2014 on a whole range of topics. I was still kind of like a normie back when I started all of this in 2014. So my opinions have been developing and hopefully improving. And I feel like I've come a long way. But maybe in some ways I've gone backwards because you see, folks, back in 2014, I thought, yeah, of course, you should have children. I thought that I would have children. I thought it was just... Like, why would I not do that? You know what I'm trying to say? It's just a natural thing to do. But then some things happened over the following years, folks, and I heard different feedback from different people, especially fathers of children. And some of the things that they said to me, at the time I was like, nah, this guy, maybe he's had a bad experience, but I don't think he's, I don't think his opinion is, is so important. But then I heard different feedback from different people and weighing it all up in totality, I had to reassess my preconceived notion. And that's one of the things, folks, isn't it? A lot of people, for whatever reason, they either can't or they won't ever reassess their existing opinion. So whatever they believe right now, if somebody questions that or presents a challenging uh, piece of evidence or a challenging argument to that, their natural response is to get defensive. This is what most people do, isn't it? But I like to think here on the John LeBond YouTube channel, or on the Conspiracy No Pole subreddit, or on the JLB Twitter, or the JLB mailing list, or wherever you're finding this work that you're watching or listening to right now, I like to think that most of the audience here, maybe not all of them, but most of them, for the most part, 
are able to challenge their own beliefs. They're able to challenge, they're able to say, well, here's my current belief and here's why, but I can listen to other perspectives and I can reassess my own. But why do I believe this? Why do I believe this? Everyone's, most people believe they can do that. They believe they do do that. Most people when you talk to them, oh, of course I change my, of course I'm happy to change my mind if new evidence comes or of course I challenge my own beliefs. Everyone believes that. What's the evidence that they do that? Well, maybe this here presentation, we'll get to see some evidence of people either doing that or not doing that. And I put to you, dear viewers and listeners all around the world, I put to you that this is the main thing that separates the wheat from the chaff. What some people might call, and I know this is controversial folks, but please don't get defensive, the NPCs from the PCs. That is, the people who are just here to populate this realm, but never really think for themselves, versus the people who do think for themselves as a matter of course. If you said to me, Joby, okay, you've got this NPC theory that you talk about. Let's just go with that for a moment. How do you distinguish who's what and, and who's not? I would say, well, it's simple. Do you challenge your own beliefs or not? If you do, probably you would fit as a player character in my framework of the world, probably. If you really do, everyone thinks they do, but who really does? On the other hand, if when someone presents an idea that you don't like, your instant response is to get defensive, rather than ask them, why do you think that? And think, through, what's the evidence? Let's wait. If your natural response is to get defensive, if your natural response is to repeat whatever you've believed up until this point without really going through the process of, well, why do I believe that? Then more likely you are an NPC. And there's nothing wrong with that, folks. God knows that the world needs. And I know NPCs may be a little bit too simplistic, but the world does need people who are very simple and who will believe today what they believed yesterday and will believe again tomorrow. It needs stability. And the best way to have stability is to have people whose minds are like concrete that has set. And that's it. This is what they believe. This is what they are. This is what they do. They'll do again tomorrow, next week, next year, next decade, all the way through until a time and end or death. That's it. Nice and stable. If you had a whole society of people who did regularly challenge their own beliefs, maybe it wouldn't be as stable. Maybe it wouldn't be as predictable. And if the world weren't as stable and predictable as it is, maybe this would be a little bit mayhem. Especially if you're the one who runs it. If you run the show, if you're the top of society, you want it to be nice and predictable and stable. And that way, your position at the top of the hierarchy is pretty much secured. Whereas if all the people on the human hierarchy, the whole, if you imagine that triangle, a pyramid of, of human interactions, if that was made up of people constantly questioning, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why does it work like this? Maybe it wouldn't be so stable, you see. So the world does function, some might argue, better with the vast majority of people having no interest in challenging their own beliefs, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. And I've got a lot of normie friends and they're decent people. Many of them are happy, happier than me. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the normies and with what you might call the non-player characters. And, you know, even the people who get really defensive when their opinions are challenged, okay, I don't like those people, but they're not hard. The ones who get really defensive, they're not hard to avoid, really, let's be honest. So yeah, they're a bit of a pain, but you can generally avoid them. So the point of my story is we're going to find out, and this is a great topic to do it, do you challenge your own beliefs? Do other people challenge theirs? Do I challenge mine? Let's find out, folks. So before we get to the comments, let's take a look. I'll just play this video that I made earlier today. I'll just play a couple of minutes of it to give some context. 
then I'll go through the comments. Now, of course, this presentation that you're watching, listening to right now is available as both a video and as an MP3. So you can watch it and read the comments along with me, or you can listen as you go about your daily walk or your trip to work, or as you're doing the dishes after cooking dinner, or whatever it is that you do when you listen to audio. It's available as both a video and as an MP3, just like a lot of these presentations that I put together here at johnlebon.com. There we go, all right, so let's just take a look at this, just a couple of minutes. Is it a good idea to bring kids into this world the way that it is these days? A lot of you already have children, so you don't have to think about this decisions being made. But if you were just starting out today, say you're a, a guy or a girl in your 20s or 30s even, knowing what you know about the world and how it works and maybe where it's headed, would you bring children into this world? It's a controversial question, I know. Controversial, but I think it's an interesting question. And an important one too, especially for those who are yet to do it. And it's one of the questions that came up in a conversation recently, which you can access right now for free. Link in the info box below. Yes, and so what I'm going to do later in this presentation, I'm going to play a couple of minutes from that conversation where this topic came up. I think that was the part of that particular interview, at least for me, because lots of different topics were covered, as we usually do for the conversations. But in this particular one, that was the topic that, for me, I found the most interesting to look at the guest in this case it was Alan Mercer from Canada to look at his opinions on how the world is and where it's headed and then to look at his opinions on is it a good idea to have children or not and do these opinions really go together do they do my opinions on the world and where it is and where it's going and my opinions on do I want to have children do those opinions go together it was a very thought-provoking thought-provoking I should say element of or segment or section of that call so we'll come back and take a look at that. But first, let's go and take a look at the comments that were left on this here video. Let me just zoom in for those of you who are watching along. All right, so hold on a second, I'll just zoom in there. So for those of you who are listening, but you can imagine I'm just zooming in on my computer browser here. So Seabass, this is his response to the question, should people have children today? Remember guys, that's the, that's the question. It's not, should humans have children? Well, of course, if humans didn't have children, then humans would disappear. That goes without saying. But given the way the world is today, especially for people in the Western world, if you were 20, 25, 30 even today and you didn't yet have children, would you think it's a good idea to bring children into this world? That's basically the question. So let's see what Seabass has to say. He says, of course, it's rewarding on a soul level in a way that's hard to explain. In my experience and opinion, anyway, I'd love for the human race to keep going. So no matter the external circumstances, I'd root for making babies. I'd root for marriage between the loving parents because lifelong vows lay a good groundwork for a stable childhood. In the face of the craziness of the world, I'd love to marry and make more babies. I'd homeschool them, of course, mostly because of scientism. All the best, do it. He says, so Seabass seems very confident in his opinion that this is a rewarding thing to do to have children and that for that reason, and also for the reason that he wants humans to keep going. Now, mind you, whether or not the individual, whether it's me or you or anybody else who you know decides to have children, is this one person or is the individual going to make a difference to whether or not humans continue? Of course not. So if we're talking about the individual making the decision, 
I think that's a that's an absurd reasoning, don't you think? Oh, I want the humans to keep going, so I should have children. The humans will keep going, or they will not, regardless of what I do, I think. And to me, that's obvious. So I think we can discount that part. But what he's saying is it's very rewarding. And I believe Seabass has children of his own, so he's talking from his own experience. It's been rewarding on a soul level in a way that's hard to explain. And I believe him. I've spoken to a lot of parents, and I've heard this feedback quite a lot that, you know, I've heard, this is what I've heard a lot of times, like, oh, when I had children, it was an experience, like it was a love I've never experienced, or it gave my life a purpose I've never had, or, you know, it's hard to put this into words what they're trying to say, but I think I get what they're saying. It makes their life meaningful in a way that it wasn't. It makes them enjoy life in a way that they hadn't. So I get what he's saying. From the perspective of, oh, it'll make your life better. But you see how Seabass here seems to be missing the point. How about for the child? Is the child going to be happy coming into this world? Do you think they'll be happy? Have you spoken to many teenagers in the West lately, folks, or even many people in their 20s? Are these people happy? I don't know. But when I was back in Australia... It's different here in... I'm in beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria. It's different here, but... When I was back in Australia, I knew some young people, not that many. And I, the the rates of substance abuse and uh, prescription medication, it was uh, it was concerning to say the least. Now, are these children really happy? I'm not so sure. I'm not, I, I don't know. Now, some of you, you have teenagers in your home right now, or you have uh, nephews or nieces or maybe teenage neighbors or something, and, and so you might have a much better idea than me. Are the, are the kids happy? Would you be happy if you were raised in... In this world today, going to school, being told... Now, this... And by the way, I'm going to put this first hour on YouTube, probably. So, I don't want to say too much. Or maybe I'll... Maybe I'll just upload a little bit to YouTube and... I'll see how I feel once this is all uh, recorded, edited, and rendered. But just in case I put this on YouTube, I won't say too much. But you know what I'm talking about, folks. You know what I'm talking about. The, the stuff that's being taught at school. And if your child goes to school but doesn't go along with the agenda... And you guys know the agendas I'm talking about here. You know the old... I'm sort of... I'm reticent to say it, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. If your child doesn't go along with that stuff, he or she will probably be ostracized or outcast, or at the very least won't feel like they fit in. And that's not a good feeling for a teenager. And that's with how things are today. If you had a child today, how are things going to be in 15 years? Look at the current trend, folks. Look where it's headed. My goodness gracious me. Now, some people come to me and they say, oh, but JLB, if I had a kid, I'd homeschool. Okay, cool. A lot of people say that. Not many people actually do it, do they? That's a huge commitment to homeschool your child. Isn't it? So it's easy to think, oh, if I had a kid, I'd homeschool. Yeah, maybe you would. How do you know you would? How do you know that? And that, that doesn't come without its own issues as well. Because... A lot of homeschooling parents, what they do is they try and network with other homeschooling parents so the, the children can still play. What if in 15 years you can't find other homeschooling parents in your area? Or what if you can find them, but they're also drinking the Kool-Aid with the agendas? So it's out of the frying pan into the fire, isn't it? Now, these are things you have to think about. And I'm not convinced that Seabass has thought about them. No offense, Seabass, if you're out there, but your answers as to why people should have children, I don't think you've really thought through it. I don't think you want to think through it personally. Just my opinion. But thank you very much for the comment, C. Bass. Let's move on to the next comment. Our master. That's, for those of you listening, it's O-W-L master. Owl master. Like the birds, you know, the cool birds, the cool owls. Yes, all right. 
He says to me, this is a comment in response to my video, look into making a Telegram group or channel instead of that banned Discord. Also, yes, I will have children just because of what our ancestors had to go through so we can walk on here. Remember that there was 70% death rate ratio for children and yet we are still here because they didn't give up. They just did what they had to do to survive. Now folks, I'm reading the, this is on YouTube. We'll come back to the Conspiracy No Poll comments and the Twitter comments in a section, but in a second, in a moment, I should say, but just for now, we're looking at the Reddit comments. I'm not cherry picking these comments. These are the first two comments that are, I'm going through this in chronological order, all right? Or at least in, maybe not chronological, but from top to bottom, when you go to the comments on Reddit. Now, firstly, when it comes to the Telegram thing, no, I don't think I'm gonna start a Telegram channel, but thank you for the suggestion. So let's move on to his uh, comment about the video. He says, I will have children just because of what our ancestors had to go through. What the hell is that? That doesn't make any sense at all. It's what we call a non sequitur. Regardless of what your ancestors had to go through, why should that determine whether or not you have children? How does that make any sense? No offense, our master. But what the hell are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about, man? What the hell? And then he says... Remember, there was a 70% death ratio for children. Who told you that? Who told you that? Where did you hear that? And why would you believe such utter nonsense? You see, folks, this is the thing. People have been convinced that, oh, it's because of modern medicine that now babies live. They used to die. People believe that. I probably used to believe that when I was a normie. These days, I'm like, what's the evidence for that? Who's telling me? What's their vested interest, these people who are telling me these stories? Because I don't believe them at all. But even if that story was true, so what? That was then and this is now. And in the year 2023, if you could have children, would you? And if your answer is yeah, because of my ancestors, what the hell are you talking about? Are you listening to yourself, man? My goodness gracious me. All right, so the first two answers, folks, with the greatest of respect to Seabass and to Almaster, their answers are, to me, ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. Let me know in the comment section below, folks, if, you're, if you agree with the arguments put forward or the ideas or the explanations put forward by Seabass or by Almaster, please let me know in the comment section below. But I think if you're thinking for yourself, and trying to look at this logically, you'll agree that these are completely illogical reasons to give as to why to have children, okay? You've got selfish reasons, you've got non sequiturs, and you've got arguments based on completely bullshit stories about what happened in the long, long ago that aren't even relevant. My goodness gracious me. All right, let's move on to Validation Boy. He says this, my father died of cancer, and I'm pretty sure it will get me too. I don't want another copy of these genes to be forced to endure another slow cancer death like I inevitably will have to. All right, so to VB's credit, he's trying to, put, he's trying to think through the perspective of the child. If the child were born, he doesn't want the child to suffer. So from that perspective, I can see where he's coming from. But just because your father, father died of cancer doesn't mean that you're going to. Who told you that? Who told you that? This what I'm talking about, folks. People get told stories and they just seem to believe them without question. Just because your father or mother died of this or of that doesn't mean that you will. 
Who told you otherwise? And what was the evidence? Now, if someone comes back to me and says, no, Joe, but you don't get it. it is, I've got a long family history of people dying of cancer. Yeah, okay. Do you also have a long family history of people who eat the wrong foods, drink the wrong drinks, abuse the wrong substances? Hmm, maybe, maybe. There could be other factors beyond your quote-unquote genetics. But let's just say for the sake of argument that your child will be predisposed to a certain death outcome because you and or your forefathers were. Let's just say for the sake of argument, is that a good reason not to have children? Mm, I'm not so sure about that. I can see the argument though. I can see the argument. What if though they were going to live 50 or 60 happy, healthy years prior to that? Would that make up for the, the death at the end? And the easy way to address that question is, do you feel VB like your life is worth living even if you do suffer a painful death due to cancer? For genetic reasons in uh, 20 years or so was your life still worth living now if you come back to me and say honestly Joby no I'll, I'll say well that's fair enough but firstly I love the honesty this is what I'm all about I love the sheer honesty of the whole thing I appreciate it but what if that's just a perspective thing your life actually wasn't that bad and if your child had the same life as you I mean you know given it's, it'd be a different time you know I'm trying to say like different years and what have you but if they had a life that was similar to yours all things considered what if it's possible they would actually feel like their life was worth living, even if they died a, a sad death at the end? You see? So, look, I will say, so far of the three responses we've read, VB's, I think, is the best so far. Because he's at least thinking in terms of what's best for the child. I'm just not convinced that his reason to think the child would not have a good life is a very convincing argument or belief, personally. But at least I can see where he's coming from. So, VB, thank you for the answer. Now, let's go to Ian C. He says... I would say that not only is it a bad idea, but it is irresponsible and selfish to have kids in this day and age. Okay, that's great, ENC, but you see, you failed to do something here, which is to explain why you say that. Now, I appreciate people giving their opinions, okay? Because in my video, all I said was, give me your opinions. I didn't, I don't think anyhow, I don't think I explicitly said, oh, and explain why that's your opinion. And so... Some people just give their opinion and not explain why. Here's the problem. If you don't explain why that's your opinion, then it's useless to me and it's useless to everybody, including you. So, ENC, thank you for the answer, but it's completely useless. Okay, on to the next one. Unico says, this is quite a detailed comment. Unico says this, if I have children, I'll need to avoid hospitals before and after birth, be a stay-at-home mother so I can educate them properly at least for the first seven years of their lives, and then pray that they don't become normies. Okay, let me just pause you there. We'll come back and take a look at this will they become normies thing because this happens to be one of my concerns as well. And by concern, I don't mean something I fear. Concern as in this is something I've thought about. When I'm making my decision, would I have children? If I, if I was the right age today to have children, would I do it? If I could do it? One of my concerns would be how are they going to turn out? How would I want to raise them? So we'll come back and talk about that. But first, let's carry on with this comment from Unico. Also, the birthing process scares me like hell. So painful. And women seem to act crazy after birth. Anyways, with all those conditions, I think it's just easier to not have children. And maybe we shouldn't have children. Maybe choosing to have children or not is the last temptation, in inverted commas. For the truth stuff, it definitely made my life better in general. Okay, that's a different question that I asked in the video. So getting back to 
Unicode's answer specifically to do with should you have children? Because by the way, in my video, I also ask people, are you better off? Are people better off knowing the so-called truth? Or as I put it, deprogramming. Are people better off getting rid of the nonsense beliefs that were put there by school and TV and society and what have you? Because a lot of people are like, of course we're better off. And I'm like, cool, why? So I appreciate you, Nicole, giving an answer to that question as well. But let's just focus on her answer to the top one. So she says, if she has children, she'll need to avoid hospitals before and after birth. That's fair enough. Yes, I think if you care about your children, you're going to stay as far away from hospital as you possibly can. Now, I know a lot of people, God love them, God bless them, they cannot escape the spell of the white coats. They cannot escape the spell of scientism. And they fear that if they don't go to a hospital, that somehow that is putting themselves and their baby at risk. What these people don't realize is that the opposite is in fact the truth. And if you do your own research, you'll soon come to realize that what I'm saying is clearly true. But I don't expect you to believe me. And since I'm not presenting you evidence in this video, you can just ignore me for now. But I can see what Unico is saying, that she would avoid the hospitals. And I think that is a good idea. She says that she would be a stay-at-home mother so she can edu educate them, I should say, properly for at least the first seven years of their lives. Excellent. And then pray that they don't become normies. Why would you pray that, Unico? What if they would be happier as normies? When I look at people who are around my age, I think the normies are generally as happy as me, if not happier. From what I can tell, it's difficult to really know what's going on in their minds, especially because some of them, it's not clear that anything's really going. The lights are on, but nobody's home, you know what I mean? But insofar as I can assess what appears to be their sentiments towards life, most of them seem no less happy than me. Some of them seem much happier than me. The normies I'm talking about. So what's wrong if your children turn out as normies, but they're happy and healthy? What's the problem? Well, it is the problem. Anyhow, uh, Unico continues, also the birthing process scares me like hell. Well, who have you been listening to though? People who went to hospital? People who went along with the, the hospital system? Like, yeah, probably having a massive needle stuck into your back, paralyzing you, and then delivering the baby that way. Probably that would be painful, I would imagine. Probably, both for you and for the baby. Or having your belly cut open so they can rip the baby out. Yeah, probably gonna leave you in pain. Or if you're scared of, of being in a hospital to give birth and then mind over matter, maybe you're going to stretch yourself out to the point where it truly is a horrible experience for you and for the baby, sure. But if you take the time to look into home birthing and some of the people who promote this idea and have been involved with a number of home births, you'll find out that for a lot of mothers, they say that it wasn't painful, it was a wonderful experience. So, don't, and by the way, what the hell would I know? Don't take my word for it, just look into it. Look into it and you might find that Giving birth is not nearly as scary or as painful, or at least it doesn't have to be, as what you might have been led to believe by TV and by uh, certain vested interests. Okay, so Unico continues, with all those conditions, I think it's just easier to not have children. Fair enough, it's easier. If that's somebody's reason to not have children, it's easier. It's easier to not have children. That makes sense to me, yeah. I would say life is easier when you're not responsible for one or more humans who are utterly dependent on you to at first remain alive and then to develop into functioning members of society. Yeah, life would be easier not having to do that. 
And maybe for some people, that is how they want to or perhaps even should make their decisions about how to live their lives. What is easiest? So with that being the case, fair enough. Yeah, like maybe life's just easier not having children. Makes sense to me. Then again, is a life best lived, a life lived taking the easiest routes in life, the easiest options? That I'm not so sure about. I'm open to it, but I'm not so sure, Unico. Do you really think that's the that's the way to lead a, a happy or a content or a fulfilled life is to choose what's easiest? In some cases, of course, it is. In, in some things that we do in life, we'll take the easiest option. But when it comes to the big decisions, is that really what you want to be doing? Taking the easy option? I'm not so sure. But anyhow, this is easily the best comment we've had so far because someone has given their opinion. They've clearly thought through what's best for the child, not just for themselves. And they have given their reasoning. So for those reasons, I say this is the best comment that we've had so far. Thank you very much, Unico. Now we'll come back and take a look at some more of these YouTube comments in just a moment. But first, I want to play a clip. And because I'm going to play this clip, maybe I can't upload this to YouTube. But that's okay, I can just upload it to my own website. This is a clip from Idiocracy. Most of you would have seen this before. I'm just going to play the first two minutes of it. Now this is a film from 2006. We're talking 17 years ago. A Mike Judge film, Idiocracy. This is the opening sequence. Let's take a look at this. And uh, the relevance will become more obvious as we go through this presentation. Here for JohnTheBond.com, April 17, 2023. Big thanks to all the people who left their comments. More comment, comments coming up in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at this. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection, the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. Having kids is such an important decision. We're just waiting for the right time. It's not something you want to rush into, obviously. No way. Okay, so for those of you who are listening, even though I'm sure you've seen this clip before, just in case uh, you are listening or watching, they've got the two characters on the screen, and it came up and said that the dude has an IQ of 138, I think it said, and the lady has an IQ of 141. So they're a very intelligent couple. There's several standard deviations above the mean, which is to say they're in the top few percent of intelligence. And of course, they're sitting there saying, oh, we can't have children, you know, not, not right now, we have to wait. Oh shit, I'm pregnant again! And now it cuts to a family in what looks like a trailer park environment, shall we say. Two different people, a different man and a different woman. And I think it's about to tell us their intelligence as well. I got too many damn kids! So, Cleavon has an IQ of 84, apparently. I thought you was on the pill or some shit! Hell no! Must have been thinking of Brittany. Brittany? No, you can't! There's no... Okay, so now it cuts back to the first couple, the intelligent ones. This is five years later. The way we could have a child now. Mm -hmm. Not with the market the way it is, no. Oh, God, no. 
That just wouldn't make any sense. And then of course it cuts back to our trailer park friends. He don't care about you. Yeah, well there must be something he likes over here. Don't mean nothing to me, baby. And all those little bloop sound effects that you can hear. And for those of you who are watching you like JLB, why are you telling us so we can see it? Because a lot of people listen to these presentations rather than watch. So for their benefit, the little bloops that you're seeing is the family tree. So Cleavon, the unintelligent trailer park man, he has a lot of girls going on here and they're making a lot of babies. Those are the little bloops that you're hearing. Whereas the first couple, the intelligent ones, Carol and Trevor, they're very intelligent people. They still have no. Their family tree has gone nowhere. They're still just the two of them. And they're both getting older, and uh, time may be running out. Well, we finally decided to have children, and I'm not pointing fingers, but it's not going well. And this is helping. I'm just saying that before I have in vitro, maybe you should be willing to... It's always me, right? Well, it's not my sperm count. <laughs> yeah! yeah! And now we're looking at Cleavon Jr., so the son of the trailer park man. And he is a football quarterback... And he's with all of the, uh, what do you call them, the cheerleaders. And uh, funnily enough, I've never noticed this. He's wearing number 33 in his jersey. For whatever it's worth. Interesting. And of course, he's a successful quarterback, so he's got plans for later on this evening. I'm going to fuck all of you! That's my boy! <laughs> so we see the family tree for the less intelligent people. Why, that's a very successful family tree, it would seem. It's growing like uh, nobody's business. Now we're cutting back to the intelligent couple. Now, what's happened here? Cleavon is lucky to be alive. Oh, no, I take that back. We're at a hospital, and Cleavon has apparently had an accident, but he's going to make it. He attempted to jump a jet ski from a lake into a swimming pool and impaled his crotch on an iron gate. But thanks to recent advances in stem cell research and the fine work of doctors Krensky and Altshuler, Cleavon should regain full reproductive function. Trains all my junk! So the point being made, of course, is that with modern medicine, maybe some of the less intelligent people... And by the way, this is not my opinion, guys. It's not my... I'm not saying that I agree with this. I do find it comical, especially the way that they've put it together. But the idea being put forward here is that the less intelligent people will put less thought into having children. And they're also not going to perhaps take themselves out of the gene pool the way they would have in the past because modern medicine can keep them alive. Now we cut back to the original couple, but instead of seeing Carol and Trevor, the smart people, all we see is Carol. Where's Trevor? Unfortunately, Trevor passed away from a heart attack while masturbating to produce sperm for artificial insemination. But I have some eggs frozen. So just as soon as the right guy comes along, you know. And now we cut back to the trailer park family and we're in a car park somewhere. And apparently there's some fun happening in the, in the trailer. And so it went for generations. Although few, if any, seem to notice. Right, so we'll just leave it there. So... That is the opening to Idiocracy, and this is an argument that I've heard from quite a few people, both in real life and online. This idea of, oh, well, the smart people, they should be reproducing, because if they don't, then the, like, the gene pool is going to get dumber. You know, something like this, which I can understand where people are coming from with that argument. But let's just pretend, for argument's sake, that all of the people who've worked out that the 
moon landing, just for one example, all the people who've worked out that that is a hoax and nobody died, nobody got hurt on some mission to the moon, for argument's sake, let's just say that means that they're all smart. Let's just say that means they're all, everyone who's figured that out is in the top few percent of human intelligence. For the sake of argument, I don't believe that, but let's just say that's the case. Most of the people who've worked out that the moon landings are a hoax, they haven't worked out the next few levels of what you might call a hoax hierarchy. So I'm not convinced that they're that intelligent, but let's just say they are. Guys, how many people do you think, honestly, walking the earth today in the Western world, in the English-speaking Western world, how many people do you think have figured out something as simple as the moon landing hoax? Seriously, what percentage of people? I've had people try and tell me half. I've had people try and tell me, JLB, like half of people have worked it out. I'm like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? You're living in some weird bubble. It's not half of people, not even close. Not even close. I'm talking not even close, folks. I'm talking at least an order of magnitude less than that. People are living in weird little bubbles and they... I don't know if people still talk to just regular people. Like, do you talk to the average person? If you believe that half of people have figured out the millennial hoax, do you actually still speak to regular people? Do you? Seriously. Anyway, anyway, the point here is even if there's enough intelligent people that them still procreating will affect the broader gene pool, even if that's the case, that doesn't mean that the individual who considers him or herself intelligent needs to have children because that one individual is not going to make a difference, are they? Now, if you think otherwise, please let me know in the comment section below, but this is just, uh, this is absurd. This is nonsense. So let's go back to the comments. How long have we been recording? Ooh, almost 40 minutes. Okay, so... Let's go, I'll come back to the YouTube comments in a moment, but first, let's go and take a look at the comments on Conspiracy No Poll. And even though I only posted this about nine hours ago, it's already got almost 70 comments. So let's go and take a look at the comments that are at the top of the pops. I don't even know which ones are. Let's find, hopefully they're good ones. Hopefully they're good ones, goodness gracious. By the way, Conspiracy No Poll is a subreddit where myself and many other people, we like to post different topics, different threads. I usually like to ask people questions and read their responses and sometimes reply, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah, boy. So, Qual Mton, that's Qual Mton, this is his or her reply. Now, this is to a Reddit thread that I created, seriously, less than 12 hours ago, and it's called The Ethics and Morals of Having Children in Our Current Times. And it's the same idea as that video that I made that I showed you a clip from early in this presentation. So, you get the idea, you get the context. Let's get to this comment. He's, he or she says this. I don't see it as over... Oh, by the way, okay, I actually didn't hear some more com, uh, context. So I said, here's a few reasons why people tell me they don't have children. One is to do with my global warmings and one is to do with my overpopulations. And I happen to think that both of those are obvious hoaxes and therefore not good reasons to not have children. Now, some of you might be thinking, but JLB, but if you don't think people should have children, hold on, I didn't say that. But let's just say that I don't think that I should have children, for argument's sake. It doesn't mean that every argument against having children I'll agree with. So I can have an opinion, but still realize when arguments that agree with that opinion are crap, crap arguments. You see what I'm trying to say? And this is why I got in a lot of trouble with the Flat Earth people back in 2015-16. Because even though I agreed with them about, for example, the spinning ball Earth theory being crap, a lot of the arguments that they gave me for the Earth being flat, I was like, that's a crap argument and here's why. And it pissed them off. It really pissed them off. 
or even arguments people would give against NASA, I'd be like, I don't think NASA are real, but your argument against NASA, that's a shit argument, and here's why. It really pissed them off. Because you see, a lot of people, they're so simple that whatever they believe, they'll accept any argument that supports their belief. They'll agree with anyone who agrees with them, even if the reasoning underlying it is bunk. That's how most people are, even in this corner of the internet. Yes, folks. I know a lot of people don't want to accept that. But that is the truth. That's the reality. And if you haven't worked that out yet, probably you're one of the people I'm talking about, where you have opinions, but you don't really know why, and you can't recognize when one of the arguments for your opinion is a bad one, which means probably you don't even know the good reasons for your own beliefs, which means probably you're just parroting them, and probably you'll never be able to stop. Doesn't make you a bad person, though. The world needs normies. The world needs NPCs. The world needs simple people, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Alrighty. So, with that context out of the way, Qual Emton says, I don't see it as overpopulation. People can barely afford to live as it is, and the cost keeps rising. Also, the time cost involved in raising a child is not achievable for some, as they have to work more hours than typical and can't use their time to actually raise the children. If you can't support yourself, how are you going to support a child? The cost of daycare is a second mortgage, and then you become a slave to your work in which you hope you aren't laid off and lose your medical coverage because COBRA payments would be another mortgage payment a month or three. Alrighty, so what Qualemton is saying is, I don't see it as overpopulation. As in, he's saying, I don't think that's a reason not to have children. Instead, what this person says is, they think it's that people can't afford to have children because of the cost of living. Now, this is very interesting to me. I haven't lived in the Western world for... Over four years now, I understand that inflation is much worse than the official stats. What's the official stats? Is it 5%, 6%? I understand that it's much worse. than That's per annum, right? So in theory, in the four years that I've been gone, the average cost of your average basket of goods, blah, 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 should have gone up 4 or 5% a year, according to the official stats. So we're talking maybe 20, 25% over four years. From what I'm hearing, mm, that's not accurate. It's more like... 30, 40%, 50%, depending on the thing, could be double, is what I'm hearing. Don't know if that's true. Certainly with real estate and things like childcare. The prices have gone through the roof, is what I've heard. So I think, yes, raising children in the Western world would be cost prohibitive for a lot of people, especially people who are bad with their money. Which, let's be honest, is most, most people are horrific with their money. Absolutely horrific. Even smart people, even well paid people. If you were to sit them down at a table with a pen and paper and a calculator and say to them, okay, off the top of your head, how much are you spending each month on this thing? This They have no idea. And they'd be shocked if they try. This is what happens to a lot of people, actually. When they start trying to keep a budget, they're shocked at how much they're spending on this thing, this thing. Most people are oblivious. And why do they even need to know where their money's going so long as they've got enough money coming in to cover? Why do they care? And so there's a lot of people, including some who are watching or listening to this right now. If you ask them off the top of their head how much they spend on, for example, coffee, whatever amount is in their head would be half of, of reality. Or how much do you spend on food, fast food, convenience food? It'd be half of reality. Or how much do you spend on alcohol or drugs? Rather, It'd be half of what is the reality. They don't know where their money's going. Now, that's not everybody. Some people are good with their money. Some people do keep a, a written budget or a budget on Excel spreadsheet or whatever. Some people do that, but it's the minority. And so especially for those people who are terrible with money, adding a new cost, such as children, 
yeah, going to be a problem, especially if inflation is uh, as bad in the Western world as I've been led to believe that it is. So this, I think, is a fair... I think this is a fair argument. Of course, there is a counterpoint, though. If you really wanted to have children, wouldn't you be able to find the money? Don't you think you'd be able to do it? Especially with some of the tax incentives and other benefits that are available to people below certain income levels in most Western countries. If you really wanted to, don't you think you'd be able to? And that's the issue I see with this comment. It's not addressing the count. So that's another thing too. People who actually think for themselves can think through not just what is my own opinion, but also, but what are the counterpoints? I should consider them too. How valid are they? I'm not sure this person has done that. Okay, so this person says, if you can't support yourself, how are you going to support a child? That's a fair point, but who can't support themselves? If you have a roof over your head, probably you're supporting yourself. Yeah, probably. So if you can't support yourself, yeah, of course you can't support a kid, but who can't support them? Who can't really support themselves in this day and age? Come on now. Goodness gracious. But they do make a good point, I think. The cost of daycare in Australia, at least. I'm talking back when uh, somebody who I knew had children, and we're talking 10, 15 years ago. The cost of daycare was... It was through the roof, but of course, the well, there's another element to that, which is how come you're not getting help from your parents or your friends? How come people are so atomized that they would need childcare in the first place? So there's a structural factor in all of this, which is how society is today, which is what leads me to believe that whoever runs a show, they want less people having children, less locals having children anyway. The uh, immigrants, the imports, sure, they can have lots of children. They'll help with a different agenda although we'd best not get into that now. But yeah, I think the people who run the show, it's clear that they're quite happy for the, uh, the birth rate to decline significantly. That's pretty obvious to me. We'll come back and talk about that and so much more later on. But I think we've come to the end of this first part of the recording. Yes, indeed. Actually, no, we've got a few more minutes. It's only 46 minutes. So let's carry on with the, the comments here. So Working Minimum says in reply to that comment that we just read, These modern challenges pale in comparison to famine, disease, war, serfdom, slavery, and uncertainty in existence that your ancestors... See, it's the ancestors again. Guys, don't you know? Your ancestors had it much tougher than you. And they struggled, but they survived. And because of them, you're here now. So you owe it to them, folks. You owe it to your ancestors. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Can you tell me the name of your grandparents? Their full name. Yeah, you can. Okay, cool. What was their parents? Let's see how far back we can go here. And if people are being honest, they can't go back more than a few generations. Okay? If they're being honest. And the reason I say if they're being honest is because in real life, they're they're kind of stuck. They have nowhere to go. But online, people can just tell these stupid stories of, oh, no, I know my whole family tree. No, you don't. Stop. This is, the, this is one of the issues with the internet, man. People just lie. It's incredible. And they feel justified in lying to defend what? Their preconceived notions. They'll lie and make up stories about this thing or that thing. Because instead of addressing the possibility that maybe their opinion isn't as solid as they thought it was, easier to make up stories to defend it. And I've had this happen to me many times. People making up stories... Very rarely is it hard to establish that they've made this story up. Just one or two follow-up questions and it's very clear. Yeah, you just made that story up, didn't you? Yes, you did. Happens all the time. So I'm a little bit cynical and a little bit jaded. But maybe working minimum, they're watching or listening to this right now and they'd be like, actually, JLB, 
off the top of my head, my grandma's name was da-da-da-da-da, and her father and mother's names were da-da-da-da-da, and they were born in the town of, and I've been to their, I've been to their cemetery. Like, maybe, but I really doubt it. And so my point here is, these ancestors that you think you owe something to, they don't know you, they never met you, they're dead, and you don't know them, you never met them. So, what's the connection? Why do you care? Seriously, serious question. If you've never thought about this before, now's the time to think about it. Why do you care? Because this is another argument that I get. In fact, a person uh, who I've known for a long time, I consider him a close friend, he said this to me. This is a real life person I've known since high school. He said to me, oh, but don't you want to uh, carry on your bloodline? And I'm like, no, why? And, and then that was it. That was pretty much the end of the conversation. Like, I don't think he'd thought, I don't think he'd really thought it much further than that. It was just, yeah, got to carry bloodline. That's my job, carry bloodline. I'm like, yeah, but why? What do I care? That's it. That's where do you go from there? Goodness gracious me. All right, one more comment. Then we'll wrap up this part of the presentation. I'll take a quick break and then I'll come back and record the second hour of this comment review. Hope you're enjoying it all around the world. Here for JohnTheBond.com. All right. I am Pac-Man says. Now this is, so this is the second highest comment reply to the Reddit thread that I created today, like less than 10 hours ago, asking people, is it good to, if you could have children today, okay, so maybe you're too old to have children, maybe you already have children, maybe you're not old enough to have children, I don't know, but let's just say that you were at an age where you could have children today, and you were physically capable of having children today, would you do it? Is it a good idea to do it? That's what I asked. So this is, the, so I read to you the first comment, and the reply to the first comment, this is the second comment, it has 25 upvotes, or maybe 50 upvotes and 25 down, it just shows you the number of points, but you get the idea, it has 25 more upvotes and downvotes. And it's a second comment in terms of the ranking. It says this, I don't have kids because I don't want the responsibility, the work, the stress. I have nieces and nephews that I spoil and love and enjoy hanging out with. Having children could bring new experiences and stuff to my life. But having dogs and taking kid-free vacations and not having to worry about babysitters and things like that also brings new experiences new experiences and people, pardon me. The world is and has been messed up for a long time. That didn't factor into me being child-free, but it doesn't hurt. I have to say, bravo, this is the best comment that we've seen so far, in my opinion, because it states what their view on the matter is. It states why. It looks at the other arguments or the other potential reasonings to do the opposite of their opinion, and then is quite open about the fact that their decision is based on their own best interests. So whether I agree with their conclusion or not, this is the kind of comment that I think this person's a thinking person. Whether I agree with their opinion or not, I think this person thinks of themselves. Let's go through this. So they state at the outset, I don't have kids because I don't want the responsibility, the work, the stress. Okay? They're saying quite clearly, it's a self-interested opinion. I don't want kids. They state how they feel. Because I don't want to deal with the problems. There you go, right off the bat. Then they go into detail. I have nieces and nephews that I spoil and love and enjoy hanging out with. So the benefit of, one of the benefits of having children, because children have their own infectious energy and uh, generally speaking, they're very curious about the world. And when you're around them, this can bring out your own sort of inner child, your own curiosity. They tend to enjoy simpler things, which can help you even as an adult to 
uh, be more grateful for the world. It's an amazing thing to have children around you. But it doesn't mean you have to have your own children. You can enjoy hanging out with your nephews and nieces if you're fortunate enough to have them. Or if you don't have that, maybe you can help out at a local sporting club or find some way to be around children to make their lives better. They can make your life better. But then, at the end of whatever you're doing, hand them back to the parents and say, all right, see you next week. And the parents can deal with the problems, you see. And that's what this person apparently does. I am Pac-Man does that. He or she says, having children could bring new experiences and, and stuff to my life. So in other words, they understand that having children could come with a whole bunch of other benefits. Right? They can see the reason to have them. However, they feel that having dogs and taking child-free vacations and not having to worry about babysitters opens up a whole other realm of things that they couldn't do if they had children. Then they say, the world is and has been messed up for a long time. That didn't factor into me being child-free, but it doesn't hurt. So in other words, these people who are like, oh, I don't want kids because the world's messed up, whatever. Maybe some of them are just using that as an excuse for some other thing. Maybe they've already made a decision. They don't want to deal with the problems. Uh, maybe they don't want to deal with trying to find a partner. Maybe they've tried to find a partner and failed. Maybe there's some other thing going on. But they'll tell other people, maybe even tell themselves, oh, no, I don't want children because the world's messed up. But that's not the real reason. So this person's even saying, look, I think the world has been messed up for a long time, but that's not a factor for me being child-free. It's just, it's convenient, but it's not really the reason. Excellent response, I am Pac- I am Pac-Man. If you see this comment, send me an email, johnlebond123gmail.com. I would like to hook you up with a one-month honorary membership, johnlebond.com. That's right. If you're interested, come and join about 100 people from around the world. This is what we do. This is what we do. We like to put ideas out there, questions out there, news stories that we doubt or things that we've heard that seem interesting, talk about them, both in text channels and in voice conversations every two weeks. We have member calls. This is what we do. For us, it's enjoyable. Now, this for me is what I've always found enjoyable. Even back when I was a normie, I like talking to people, listening to their opinions on things, discussing them. I've always enjoyed it. Even before I first found out about the hoaxes, I've always enjoyed this. So for me, I could do this all day, every day. There are other people, this is entertaining for them once every couple of weeks. So they come to the member calls once every couple of weeks. And there's a whole variety of people there. And I would like you to come and join us for one month as an honorary member of johnthebond.com. Email me, johnthebond123gmail.com. And I would like to invite you to come and check out the world's leading think tank for skeptics and independent thinkers. People who like to talk about things, think about things, and challenge their own beliefs and challenge other people's beliefs. Be willing to have some back and forth, some give and take. That's what we do. And we enjoy doing it. So come and join us at johnthebond.com. Now... We've got just enough time for me to play this. This all started because, I, like I mentioned, I had that conversation with a lovely fellow from Canada called Alan Mercer. And that conversation is available for free, by the way. Link in the info box below. We covered a whole bunch of topics. And actually, let me show you this. For those of you who are watching at home, Bombversations is now, it's, this is taking me some time to put this together. I've now got a separate website. So there's johnthebond.com, but there's also bondversations.com. And going forward, this is where my attention is going to be, bondversations.com. And I've taken, because you know I do these conversations, I do the conversation anywhere from 40 to 70 minutes, then I do the after show. And I used to make all of it just available to members of johnthebond.com. What I've done is that first half of the call, the first part of the call, every single one is now available for free via bondversations.com. So chances are, if you're not a member of johnthebond.com, I know this sounds complicated, but it, it all makes sense. If you are not a member of JohnTheBond.com, chances are you haven't heard most of the Bombversations. Every single episode now available for free at Bombversations.com. Link in the info box below. 
and I chatted with Alan Mercer a couple of weeks ago. And let me play for you just a short clip from what came up in the after show, actually, when we were talking about children. Just want to play a couple of minutes of this and I'll come back and respond. Yeah, things can be really bad and bleak and you won't feel like having children. And you talk about it philosophically, you might decide not to do it, but you won't be just thinking about it philosophically. So that's not where we remain. Well, the part of Australia that I'm from, I'm from the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne is where I did most of my growing up. And a lot of people out there, if they have children, at least one of the two people who created the child didn't really plan for it. Not always the case, but it's very common. And once they have children, generally they seem happy to have a child and, oh, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And it seems like it's been, for a lot of them, it does bring them happiness. So it makes sense to me. I'm talking more about if you were putting thought into it, would you want to bring children into this world? And I can see good cases for and against. I can see both sides of this one. And for me, one of the problems would be, would I want to raise my child to know that everybody around him is a moron or would I want him to fit in with them? That is, would I tell, like, would I, would I say to him, listen here, son, these dinosaurs, they're fake, never existed. All the people who believe in them, they're idiotic. Like, would I want to tell him that? Or would I just let him be? And then he comes home from school one day and he's like, hey, dad, check this out. I drew a T-Rex and I'm like, oh, good work, son. You know, like, it's really cool, yeah? Would I take him to museums to see these dinosaurs? Do you see what I'm trying to say here? That's a very difficult thing because if I was to raise him to understand that dinosaurs are a hoax, and this is just one example, mm -hmm. okay, great, he knows the truth, but now he's completely detached from all of his friends. He'll work out at a young age that his friends are all morons, and so are all the adults too. He'll work out at a very young age that, that all the adults are all complete morons too. So I don't see how that could be good for him. But then on the other hand, if I just let him believe what all the, the normal people do, well, then he and I won't ever be on the same level. Do you know what I mean? It won't be a real one-to-one -one relationship. I will be raising a, basically a moron. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I, I paused that a little bit too early. Hold on. Let me just let's go back 10 seconds there. I will be raising a, basically a moron. And there's nothing wrong with morons too. Like, God love them. God bless them. The world needs them. Yeah. And I do believe that. So, you know, if you're out there right now and you still believe in dinosaurs, God love you and God bless you as well. The world does need you as well. And then you could be happy with your life than I am with mine. And maybe I was happier back when I still lived in dinosaurs as well. So that's why I don't really want to... I never want to come across as trying to preach some idea that, oh, you've got to know the truth and you'll be better off. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. And that's one of the reasons why going forward, I'm going to focus more on the conversations where it's me chatting with other people and just putting ideas out there and focus less on johnlebon.com which I started back in many years ago, back when I was still in my 20s, for, uh, for goodness sake. And I've changed a lot as a person. So the John LeBon operation will continue, and um, I'm happy with that, but it'll be a closed shop. Whereas Bombersations, I can just interview different people. Maybe some of you watching or listening right now, we can have a one-on-one -on -one interview, and I can publish a conversation with you. And it'll just be me sharing what I think, but I'll have someone else there to share what they think, and, and that's it. Whereas JohnLeBond.com is more, hey guys, I've just discovered another hoax. Let me show you the evidence it's a hoax. And I still do enjoy that, but I don't really like promoting it anymore because to promote it, what if I promote it to the wrong people? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Maybe you don't understand what I'm trying to say, but the point is, you know about JohnLeBond.com. Some of you are already members. Fantastic. Hopefully you stay. Some of you are not members. Maybe you'll join in this limited time that it's reopened. 
maybe some of you won't. But going forward, once once the Bombersations thing is really up and running, that'll be my main focus going forward, and I'm looking forward to that. And if you want to hear the Bombersation that you just listened to and the other 27 episodes, they're all available right now for free at bombersations.com. On the flip side, if you want to hear the rest of this comment response that you're watching or listening to right now, go to johnlebond.com. The link to that will be in the info box below. So guys, I know this is a little bit confusing. You're like, hold on, is it johnlebond.com? Is it Bombersations? Okay, at the moment, they're both up. They're both online. They're both uh, visible. And you can join either one if you want, but you don't have to join either of them. Bombersations is right there right now. And there's about 28 episodes waiting for you right now. Anywhere from 40 to 70 minutes for free waiting for you right now. Okay? So you can go and do that. That should keep you busy for a long time. And uh, another thing you want to keep in mind as well is Bon, no, the John LeBon mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list, you want to stay, you want to go and join that. It takes 10 seconds to join. That way, if I need to send you any important information, if YouTube kiboshes me or Twitter kiboshes me, that'll be a way for me to send you something that you might be interested in. If you have enjoyed any of what you've just watched or listened to, you want to make sure you're on the free Shelby mailing list. Okay, so I know this is confusing, but folks, it all makes sense. In a couple of weeks, once, because Bombersation still isn't officially launched. I've got a couple more interviews before I officially launch it, but it's all there, all the content's there. And then I will officially launch it and promote it, but I haven't done that yet. And until I do that, johnthebond.com will still be there and you can still join if you want to. So I know this is confusing, but once Bombersations is officially launched, then johnthebond.com will go dark, basically. And those who are there will stay, but it'll be underground. Those who aren't there, they won't even know it's there, but there'll be Bombersations for them. So again, I know that's confusing, but if you want to hear the second part of this recording, go to the link in the info box below to johnthebond.com. The second hour of this will be waiting for you. If you didn't enjoy this, then you can just don't even worry about the second hour. Maybe go and check out those conversations. I've talked with lots of people. I've talked with Tim Osman. I've talked with the guys from Epic Cash. It's up more than 100% this year. Mark Dukarski from peaceandmindful.com. Jamatria Nader, 85. The best Jamatria guy in the world today, in my personal opinion. General Maddox from Australia. Hando, the guy who ran for parliament in Estonia on a platform of 9-11 was a hoax and the earth is flat. Goodness gracious me. I've met him in real life, by the way. He's a really cool dude. Anaconda Maltlicker, the YouTube truther from the 2015-16 days. Thereabouts, really cool guy. And those are just the most recent ones. There's another 19 waiting for you as well. Go and check that. Link in the info box below. I'm going to go and take a quick break and then come back and read the rest of these comments from YouTube and from the uh, subreddit, Conspiracy No Poll, and from Twitter. So I've got lots more work to do. So it's up to you what you do next. Go and check the links in the info box below. And we'll go out today. What will we make our little... Oh, I know. I've got a clip. One of my favorite clips. So to end hour one, we're going to go out with a clip from one of my favorite characters from these events. His name is Dr. Wayne Carver. And he saw some bad things that day. And this is what he had to say. It wasn't a tent. It was this magnificent thing. Uh, and it, 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 it's sectional and it sticks together with Velcro and then they stake it to the ground and electricity and lights and heat appear. It's, and it's, it's from the Department of Emergency Management and I, I think it came from the Army, but I'm not sure. I think it's these things that they use uh, in, 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 uh, to set up field hospitals very quickly, mobile hospitals. Shit, they're lying to us! 